In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the third Sunday of the blessed month of Tuba, and the readings of today are from John chapter, the gospel from t- of today is from John chapter 3. And as you are, you know very well that the church celebrated the feast of the Theophany last week. And although we are not chanting in the joyful tunes, I feel the church is still in the joy of the Theophany. And all of the readings today, they had themes about baptism. And there was one verse in the Vespers last night that I think summarizes all of the readings of today. And last night in the Vespers, the gospel was about the paralytic man who was by the well for 38 years. And you know the story that every time he was about to get in the pool and the angel stirred the pool, which stirring the pool, symbol of baptism, someone would jump in before him and um, they would be healed. So later on in the story, the Lord Jesus Christ finds this man and heals this man, and later on in the story, the Lord finds this man in the temple and says to him something very important. He said to him, see you have been made well, go, or sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Today I feel the church is telling us, you have been made well by... The waters of baptism. You have been made well and become a temple and you became a temple of the Holy Spirit. So now that you have been made well, don't go back to to sin. Lest a worse thing come upon you. In the book of Proverbs, Solomon the wise, he says a very famous proverb. He says, as a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly and one church father said about this verse said this verse is about us the people the struggle experienced by the clergy the monks the virgins who become proud disobedient and indifferent when they first left this is what one church father said he said when they first left worldly ways behind and enthusiastically embraced religious life They were so excited about the sacraments, excited about God. And God's grace washed away their sins. However, as time passed, they grew negligent and lazy. Failing to maintain their initial fervor or seek God's help to grow spiritually, their old vices returned, often with more force. And they ended up reverting back to their former sinful ways, just like a dog returning to its vomit. The question for us today is now that we have been experienced the joy of the theophany, now that the Holy Spirit has come upon us in the waters of baptism, and we have been born again, will we revert back to our old sinful ways, or are we going to live in a... In a new way. That's why the Pauline epistle today was from Hebrews chapter 10. And the Pauline epistle from Hebrews chapter 10 
If you look, it's all of the theme that we talked about is in the, in the Pauline epistle. He begins by saying, the new way is through baptism. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living... There's a new and living way, which He consecrated for us through the veil... That is his flesh, having and having a high priest over the house, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with the pure water. Because of this new way, and because there is a new way, St. Paul at the very end, he says, at the very end of the Pauline epistle, he says, now the just they live by... Faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no. So it had to deal But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Drawing back means to go backward. It means going back to my vomit. And many people in the scripture, they started off great, but their end was not so great because they went backward. You know, Judas, he chosen disciple, but he backslid to his death. Similarly, King Saul, he started off amazing, but because of his disobedience, because of his envy and jealousy of David, he backslid and became nothing. Both of these characters were chosen to be great, but they went in the wrong direction, and they ended up with nothing. And we backslide, we backslide when other things take priority in our spiritual life, or in our life over God. The love of money, the love of praise of men, the pleasures, the lusts of the world, the misuse of our time, all of these things cause us to go the wrong direction, to backslide. And that's why St. Paul, in this Pauline epistle, he used very strong language. He said, for if we sin willfully, if we sin willfully, if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains... A sacrifice for sin, but certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much more punishment do you suppose he, will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot? counted the blood of the new covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the spirit of grace. Yani, first of all, this verse is not saying that there is no repentance for sinners because we know that's not the case because the Lord Jesus Christ came to save sinners. The prodigal son, we know the thief on the right hand. So this verse is not about that there is no repentance. This verse, I mean, God knows we have moments of weakness. And we're all fighting passions of the flesh, the anger, the lust, the judgment of others. But there's a world of difference between someone who sins and repents, and someone who continues to 
to sin. And sins and sins and sins without thoughts of repentance. And if I continue to sin without repentance, there is no if, if I continue to sin and I don't repent, there is no sacrifice that can save. It would be like someone having an infection. They have an infection and there's only one antibiotic that can save. But you don't want to use the drug. And so there is no other cure. The only way to be cured is through repentance. But these people, they don't want to to repent. So St. Paul saying, there is no sacrifice then that can save you. Repentance is the only way. So today, we want to cure our backsliding. Today, we want to move forward. Today, we want to move forward. And that's why St. Paul, the last verse again, he tells the Hebrews, the last verse he says, we are not of those who draw back. We are not the people who go backward. We are the people that are going to go forward. We are those who believe of the saving of the soul. So today I want to discuss with you how we can move forward. The primary cure, as we said, for moving forward is repentance. Repentance. That's why in the Acts of today, St. Peter, he was speaking to a group of 3,000, 10,000, and he tells them, they say, what should we do? We don't know what to do. St. Peter tells them, you want to know what to do? You need to repent. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know the Greek word for repentance. Metanoia means to to change, change direction. And I want to make a confession to you. Is that sometimes my repentance is cold. And I'm like, forgive me and pray for me. Because sometimes my confession is not a change of direction. Sometimes my confession is just to ease my conscience. And this is good. This is okay. It's good. Anyway, good job, Abuna. But repentance and confession can be much more potent, can be much more powerful. I met someone some time ago, and this person came to confession. And I thought everything was great and dandy and good. And then the next week, the same person came back to confession. So I was shocked. I said, why are you coming back? And then they said something that like, touched my heart. They said, last week, Abuna, I confessed, but I sugar-coated a few things. And today I want to let it all out. I want to confront myself and say my sins head on. And this person confessed again. And I felt this person actually was giving me a lesson in confession. We want to turn from our sins. We need to confront our sins. We need to hate our sins. Yanni C.S. Lewis, he said something. He said, a wrong sum, when you do like addition, a wrong sum can can be put right only by going back till you find the error and working on it afresh from that point. 
Like if you're doing math and you make a mistake in the homework, you can't just say, and I corrected the others, or see the wrong ones, wrong. You have to go back and correct the ones you did. And to review what you did. So you need to go back and fix what was wrong. And so we can move forward. How can we move forward? We move forward by conquering the past, addressing the past, not burying the past. We bury it after we conquer it. And we allow the Lord to touch the past. Some people, they don't want to talk about the past. You need the Lord Jesus Christ to come and touch the past, to give you healing from the past, so that you can move forward. So that you can move forward. Actually, the gospel, it said it today, it said it differently. It said, for everyone practicing evil hates the light. Everyone practicing evil hates the light. And does not come into the light, lest his deeds be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light. That his deeds may be clearly seen. That his deeds may be clearly seen. That they have been done in God. Today we want to move forward by allowing the Lord Jesus Christ to come touch our past. To confess our past and to move forward. Another way to move forward, I think to move forward, the best way to move forward is to build spiritual routine. To build spiritual routine. Many might consider routine boring, especially in modern society. But routine, that is very critical. Very critical. Because routine or habit is the key to accomplishing anything or any goal. Because anything worthwhile requires effort. If I want to get in shape, I don't. But if I do, I need to follow a routine. I need to follow strict diet. And backsliding, the backsliding occurs with the, when, you, when you break the diet, when you break the routine. And once you break the routine, very easy for you to continue to... Continue to break the routine. You cheat one meal, you'll cheat two more. You take one day off, you'll take six more. Adi. So, once you break the routine, very easy to, to go the wrong direction. And without routine in my life, my spirituality will be like this. And I have this Kedah going on. Like roller coasters in our spiritual life. We have moments of grace. And then we have moments uh, so dry. And we have... This is because we have not built a strong spiritual routine. Routine keeps us grounded. Routine keeps us focused. That's why our church is focused on building a routine this year. You come on, look every week that you need the five... You need the five pillars. Five pillars, what are those five pillars? Those five pillars are, should be routine in your life. They need to be routine in your life. Because everything in life is about routine. Everything in this life is about routine. The seasons, the day is about a routine. The sun comes up, it goes down. The, the week goes by in a routine. The months go in a routine. The years... Everything in the world is a cycle. 
And life is a cycle. The church, everything in church life is a routine. Every day we pray the prayer of thanksgiving. Every day we pray the psalms. Every day the church has a routine for us, has system, saints, has calendar, has life. Everything is about the, the routine. And the routine helps us to move, to move forward. In the Acts of the Apostles today, it says that when those 3,000 were baptized, what did they do? What did they do? They had routine. It says that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in breaking of bread and prayers. They routinely met together to pray together. They had routine together to, talk, to stop backsliding. To move forward, we need to build routine. To move forward... And this is very important. Another one. We need each other to move forward to together. We cannot move forward by myself. We need community. And that's why, again, if you go in the Pauline epistle, are we in the Pauline epistle? It says, let us consider one another. Let's consider one another in order to stir up love. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another. No, it's the Pauline Habibi. The Pauline. But exhorting one another so much the more you see the day approaching. So. He's saying, do not forsake the assembly together. You can't forsake the assembly. You need each other if you want to move forward. And each person should be exhorting each other and encouraging each other to move forward. I love that idea. And I wish that we, we, would, uh, we would apply that as in, in our, in our like day-to-day life. So many people need to be asked about. So many people need a, a, like a helpful phone call. Into to ask about each other, to help each other, to pray for one another. You need each other to move forward. In the Acts of uh, the Apostles, not the reading, so you don't need to go anywhere. The, like after the people, in Acts chapter 27, it says that the people, they were shipwrecked. And they were like they were out at sea for 14 days and they were all dying without food like khalas end of life and actually at the end of they all thought khalas life is over we're all dead and then saint paul get and told them take heart encourage eat and then do this stuff and so what's very nice is that saint paul's encouraging people dead and telling them to take heart then in acts chapter 28 and i was touched very touched by when St. Paul finally made it to Rome, it says that people in the church of Rome heard that he was coming, and they came to visit him. And then it says something so beautiful. It says when Paul saw them, when Paul saw his friends, he thanked God and he took courage. With St. John Chrysostom, he talks about this, how St. Paul, the one who encouraged everyone in the face of death, Actually, he needed someone to encourage him. So every person, had to St. Paul, needs someone to 
encourage them and to lift وصدقني انتو بت encourage me every time I see your smiley face this kiddah بت encourage me so we all need each other we need this is the way to move forward the other way to move forward is we need to have faith and hope faith and hope what is faith saint paul he says faith is the substance of things not seen so my faith my faith is like i i don't see but i I see him through my faith. That's why we walk by faith, not by sight. So I have faith. And then my faith translates into hope. My faith translates into hope. And the important thing about hope, that's really like on my heart these days, is what does it mean to have hope? It means, what hope means is that if I take a hopeless situation Andokum, fee hopeless situations in your life? Fee hopeless situations? The hopeless situations in my life, I will look at those hopeless situations and say, I have hope That's why in the prayer of the sick it says, the hope of those who have no hope God is the hope for those who have no hope That's why St. John Chrysostom, he said something very beautiful He said the devil, he wants us to think that we have no hope So that we lose our connection to God who said, He said is the strong anchor and the foundation of our life He says this hope is like a strong rope like a rope coming down, hanging from the sky. He says, this hope is what holds up our souls, pulling us up to the world above. Pulling us to the world above. If we hold on to it firmly, it lifts us up from the storms of the bad things in this life. If anyone becomes weak, let us go to this rope. Let us go to this Holy anchor. So that's how another way we can move forward. And lastly, the last way we can move forward is that we can move forward in by humility. By humility. I like what St. John said in the Gospel today. He must increase, I must decrease. I move forward when I decrease. When my ego decreases, when myself, when I put myself and I put others before me and I put God before me, then I move forward. The problem is that society thinks that we move forward when we push everybody away and Ahnan the go first. But actually the way forward is to be last and to empty ourselves and to push everyone up. This is the path forward today i gave you several paths forward how we move forward by first by by repentance second by routine third by the community the community pushes me forward the church and being together pushes me forward 
I move forward by always having hope, faith, and hope in God. And that's why all the readings today talked about everlasting life. You have everlasting life. You have everlasting life. That was the last verse in the gospel today. You have everlasting life. You keep that hope in front of you. And lastly, I move forward by emptying myself, by increasing the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. He must increase, I must decrease. So everyone to think in their life, how I can decrease. And how the Lord Jesus Christ can increase. And glory be to God forever. Amen.